Take your Bibles and turn to John's Gospel tonight. In the Wednesdays during Missions Month, starting tonight, we're going to talk about the condition of lost people. And primarily, we're going to do that for a number of reasons. There's a lot of applications that we can have, but we're going to focus on how to pray evangelistically for people who are not saved. Um, I don't think it's obviously wrong to pray, Lord, I pray by name and pray, save someone. But the Bible has so much information about what it means to be lost. And I'm going to try to encourage you to, instead of praying widely or generically about lost people, is to learn from the scriptures about how God sees them and the scripture sees lost people and the condition they're in and that you could pray very specifically about asking God when he saves them to do certain things to reverse the condition that they're in because obviously we're going to see that only he can. So I'm hoping that this will frame and form your prayer life evangelistically and also with your own understanding of what God does when he saves someone so you can see the difference it makes in your life and your children's lives and other people that you know as well. So a lot of good applications. Um, tonight we're going to do a Bible study predominantly, and it's on biblical theology. If you're not familiar with that term, it is a study through a book of the Bible on a certain motif or theme. And so we're going to trace tonight the theme or motif of hearing um, because we're going to see tonight one of the things that are true of all lost people and all of you and I um, when we were born and until the moment we were saved is that we were spiritually deaf and we could not hear. And so tonight we're going to trace that theme through John's gospel. Certainly um, it is all over the, go- the New Testament and, and far wider in, in scope than John's gospel, but we're going to focus on that tonight. And our first verse, although we'll look at quite a number actually, is we're going to say, we're going to start right in the middle in John chapter 8 and verse 47. I encourage you to take some notes. There's a lot of little details tonight that I think you'll find to be helpful when you understand what it means to be spiritually deaf and why it is so and how you can pray for people who are. 847, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you don't hear them is that you are not of God. So let me break it down. This is mainly a Bible study, but we're going to make some applications. Notice in the text it says a number of times, three to be exact, a little prepositional phrase, of God The little word ek or of in the English is a preposition of source or origin. And so when it says, whoever is of God, in other words, that's the source, that's the origin. If you are of God, you know, children of God, those are God's children. They are of him. They're in his family. So it's going to tell you where your whole life comes from, what your source of everything is in you. It's of God. God is it. So we would say whoever is of God... If you are an of God person and God's in you and you're in God and you're in his family, here's what will be true of you. 
you hear the words of God. But there are two categories of people when it comes to spiritual hearing. And there are those who are of God and there are those who are not of God. And you can imagine, it's pretty obvious that the uh, opposite is true of them. And it says, there are groups of people or numbers of people that can't hear God. And it says, here's the reason why. The reason why you don't hear them, you don't hear his words, is that you are not of God. In other words, you don't just hear God's words and then become of God. Really, it's the opposite way around. You become of God, and when you become of God, then he gives you the ability to hear his words. Now, how important is that little detail? Stay with me. This context is an argument between Jesus and very, very strict religious leaders. They know the Bible inside and out, maintain a testimony of holiness publicly, and they are people that everyone else looked up to. And this is who he's telling them these words to. All right? In the context, if you look back with me to chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus is going to make a pretty strong statement, and he's going to tell you what it means when you're not of God. It sounds bad, but it's worse than you think. Here's what it means to be not of God. He's not the source. He's not the origin of all that you are. Ready? You are, here's the next one, of your father, the devil. See, when you are not of God, it's not just that you're not of God and that's nebulous and it's, you know, it's kind of neutral. You're just not on God's side. No. There are only two sources. You're either of God or you're of the devil. There is no other option. There is no gray area. There is nothing in between. Right? And so in this whole argument, read it for yourself, this is about who your father is. They claim that their father is Abraham. Jesus says, God is my father, and Abraham is not your father, and neither is God your father. You don't find your origin in him. You don't come from him. You know who you come from? The devil. Now that didn't go over very well. And uh, he got himself stoned almost by the end of this passage. But he said it straight to them. And no one in their right mind would have ever thought that religious leaders would ever get that kind of statement made about them. How can they be of the devil? Here's why. Because my main thesis, anyone who is of God will hear the voice of Jesus. If you do not hear his voice, now we haven't decided or defined what it means to hear yet, but let's just take it at face value at this point. If you don't hear Jesus' words, your source is not God, it's the devil. That's how important this truth is. So let me tell you this. What does it then mean to hear in John's gospel? There are lots of examples of hearing like you would think it means to hear. And then obvious, that's obvious. Hearing is audible hearing like hopefully you're hearing me tonight. Right? You are hearing my voice. You are hearing my words. Can I tell you, by and large, that's not, in most of the context we're looking at, that's not what he means. In fact, in one place in the Gospels, Jesus quotes Isaiah 6 of God's people. And Jesus says, these people hear, but they don't hear. 
Meaning, they can hear my voice, they can hear the words, but they don't really hear it. In other words, it never gets below the surface, they never obey them, it never changes them, they don't keep my words, they don't believe my words and me. He says, see, they hear, but they don't hear. That was Israel in Isaiah 6, and Jesus would say, and that's Israel now. But there's a physical hearing, an audible hearing of what Jesus is saying But then you can imagine there is a spiritual hearing. And sometimes, sometimes physical and spiritual healing are are put together in the same part. But not often, but a couple times. But it's either this, and you have to ask when you're reading John's gospel, which one is he referring to? Because it is different at certain times in certain contexts. Um, All people, every person who comes into this world, every one of us, We're born spiritually deaf. We don't have the ability to hear God's words. Um, I think of Ed Koenig, 20 years, he heard the words. He heard them, but he never really heard them until the day that he got saved. And the day that he was regenerated, And that pew right where Tim Stevenson is about came forward and says, I get it. You know why? Because he became one of God's children and for the first time in his life, he could hear. He could hear. Now, there are internet things you can go to, sites that you ever seen someone and they have the technology in some cases that people have never heard an audible sound in their entire life in their 40s, 50 years old, and they get the ability to hear for the first time. You ought to watch. It's, it's worth watching their facial expressions. I mean, it goes from joy to tears, back to joy. I mean, can you imagine never having heard a word and someone starts playing music and you hear it? Or you've been married all your life and you've never heard your wife. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Um, no. <laughs> but they hear your spouse or your kids for the first time, your, and, and it moves you. It moves you like you can't even imagine. Imagine, truthfully, spiritually, that you can actually hear Jesus for the first time. It's there. In chapel today, um, I did the shortened version of this, and our theme is connection. And you know, on your phone in the corner, it shows you how many bars you have to how good your connection is. So I made up a little phrase to myself today, you know, Connection is measured by reception, right? So if you get good reception, what happens? You can hear someone talking on the other end of your phone. But have you ever been drive through somewhere and you're talking to someone and also it just drops out? Or you're on the internet, it's gone. Why? Because you lost reception. Now see, spiritually speaking, if you have spiritual four bars on your life, when you're born until you get saved, all those bars are empty. They're just outlined. There's nothing, there's nothing in them. Because you have no spiritual ability to receive God's word and have it make a difference in your life. But when you get changed, when you get saved, it's completely different. And you get reception, you get connection. So your connection is measured by the reception. And by that, after you're saved your whole life, see, the goal is I want to be at four bars in my Christian life, all my life. I want to always hear God's word. I want to hear what he says. Right? I want to hear what his word says about every area of my life. But see, that even after you become a Christian, see, sometimes we're at one bar and we should be further up. One and a half. Sometimes we go up to four and then the connection's not so good because of us. We go back down to one. But in our Christian life, we're supposed to be 
connected always completely to God and that reception is there. And so in the text, in, in, in John's gospel, here's what he means. Hear, hearing is doing. Hearing is, at some points it's hearing is doing. Hearing is obeying. Hearing is coming to Jesus. When you can actually hear, and I want you to, ke- we're going to make a list. Hearing God's word means a lot of things if it's really true in your life. And you could almost call them hearing exams or hearing tests. And so we're going to do a little of those tonight. And throughout most of these tonight, in fact, some of them, at least if not most of them, it's always coupled with God saying to us in the text, my words, Jesus saying, my words. So what we're hearing is Jesus' words. And you're going to see, as we look through the rest of these verses now, that hearing in the Bible, in John's gospel, he, has, he shows you people who do and people who don't. And then he's going to tell you why they do or why they don't. So let's look at the, how we can pray. So number one, if you're praying on your knees and you're down and you're talking about lost people, the first thing you can say to, about them to the Lord is this. Lord, I want you to save them, but I know this about them. They can't hear a word that you're saying. They can't hear it. They're deaf to the reality of the gospel. And God, unless you open their ears to the truth, they're never going to come to you. They're never going to want your word. They're never going to obey you. They're never going to do any of those things that they should be doing with their lives until you open their ears to hear. So let's take a look at them one at a time. Please look at John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and we'll begin in verse 24. And we're going to have to move fast. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, circle that. Now he's going to tell you part of what it means to hear. Hearing is also not doing and obeying, coming to Jesus. It's believing in Jesus. So when you hear him in the way spiritually you ought to, it's believing in him. They are parallel thoughts. Here he goes. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. You can't have eternal life until you hear Jesus in such a way that makes you believe in him. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. So spiritual deafness leads to spiritual death. But when you hear, he gives you eternal life and you're no longer dead but you become alive. Now watch, that's not true of everyone. Again, same phrase he starts with, 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here. Who's going to, watch, when the dead will hear, there it is again, the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he's granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Ready? He's going to tell you what does it mean when people in the, in the, that are dead are going to hear his voice. He's talking about the final judgment. He's going to tell you exactly what he meant by that verse in verse 25. Do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. There it is again. Hear, they will hear him but notice there's two types of hearing and two types of judgment and two types of endings for people. 
they who hear him will come out, all of them, unsaved dead and saved dead. They'll come out. And here's how you know the difference when you hear. Now, this is not what you would normally think about, but this is how Jesus puts it. If you are a person who hears his words and you are going to be saved and you're going to be with him, here's what he says will be true of your life. Ready? Those who have, what? Done good. Not just believe, because he's already said believe. Remember back earlier we said that? If you hear, hearing truthfully, spiritually, believes. But what will that mean? In the resurrection, what will Jesus say? He will say, see, here, here's my people, because they heard, they believed in me, and it changed their life. It wasn't just an intellectual assent to the facts about Jesus. No, here's what he says. On that day, the people who really heard me in a saving way will be marked off at this resurrection by this point. They will have done good, and they have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil, in other words, they didn't hear me. They may have heard my words audibly, but they didn't hear in a saving way, and they never believed on me. What will be true of them? Well, they have done evil. They've done evil, and they will be raised to a resurrection of judgment. So how vital is hearing? See, this is what you're praying for people. You're saying, Jesus, please open their ears. Because if all they do is hear your words on Sunday, and it just comes out, and they hear it goes in one ear and out the other, we say, if it doesn't just change them, if it doesn't radically reform them, if it doesn't come in their life and forgive their sins and totally do something different in their life, See, it's where they're headed. And God, we want them to have mercy so that you can change all that in their lives. So hearing is believing. Hearing will result in doing if it's saving. John 6, verse 45. We'll start with verse 44. No one can come to me, beautiful phrase, all throughout these chapters right here, and you, ought to, you can't, if you don't hear, you won't come to him. That's another one we'll see in a minute. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. So that group of people in chapter 5 who get resurrected, our people will hear. But how did they hear? Because Jesus drew them. The Father drew them. He, made, he worked in them so that they would want to come to him. He says, everyone... I'm sorry, let me read the verse. Verse 45. It is written in the prophets, Isaiah 54, and they will be all taught by God. So he says, everyone, circle it, who has heard, there it is, and learned from the Father comes to me. Now that anyone has seen the Father except he is from God, he has seen the Father. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. So here we have a group in this verse that says, if they hear and they believe, then he will give them eternal life. Because everyone who hears and learns and follows Jesus, see, that's what it means to savingly hear. But go just a few verses later in verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, literally, who can hear it? Jesus told them, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood... 
then you have no part with me. And they go, well, what does he mean by that? Does he really want us to eat his flesh? And See, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't hear, like, watch. They couldn't understand what his words meant. And so from that day forward, verses, a few verses down, they stopped following. They really didn't go along with it anymore. They gave up on him. Now, see, that's not what's true of people who hear his voice. In a little bit, we're going to see that the reason people don't understand his words because they don't know him, they're not of him. But look what the verse says. This is a hard saying, who can listen to it? And later on, Jesus says, do you take offense at this? Peter eventually says, when Jesus asks him, are you going to go away too? And he says, oh no, Lord, we would never go away. You only have the words of eternal life. Peter says, I hear you differently than them. See, they don't understand what you're saying, and I don't either sometimes, but here's where I'm not leaving the difference between him and them because when I've heard you, you have the words of eternal life, and that's why we come to you. Go back to the text we read first, chapter 8, verses 43 and 47. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? Why didn't they understand it here? Why didn't they understand it in chapter 6? Why don't you understand? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You know why they didn't understand? Because they couldn't bear to hear his word. It literally just means they didn't have the ability. They don't have the power when you're spiritually deaf and spiritually dead and you have no life in you. You can't hear and understand God's word by yourself. So Jesus, here's what he says. Not hearing means this. Not hearing means not doing. Not hearing means not believing. Not hearing means not coming to him. Not hearing means not understanding. When my kids were growing up, I would try to get them to read the Bible all the time. And one of the things I could tell about my boys uh, when they were younger who didn't really uh, get saved until they were in their 20s was that they didn't have a desire for the Bible and they really didn't understand it when they read it. Um, That was one of the marks. I can tell you, when I got saved in my life, that was one of the things that almost changed for me instantaneously. I only did the Bible when I wanted to do well in a quiz team at school, I mean, a church youth group or whatever, but I didn't read the Bible on my own. But when I really came to know the Lord... mm, Super big change in my life there. And I can tell you, with both my boys, totally, totally not interested um, until they got saved. And they actually could hear his words and they meant something to them. And, And let me tell you, think about that with your own kids as an application tonight um, about whether they truly can hear. I would tell you tonight, and I don't want to scare anybody, but I would think that there's a lot more kids who are spiritually deaf than you could ever imagine. And I, I think tonight that we need to realize you're not able to hear, and that means that's why you, not, you don't understand. And, and not because we all couldn't understand the Bible better, don't get me wrong. But here's what Jesus says. If you don't hear, it's because you're not of God. 847. Let me show you the main text. We still have time. Chapter 10, if you'll turn there. This is the most concentrated use of the word hear or hearing in John's gospel. It's the one that's also, I think, probably most familiar. 
Let me show you what Jesus says about hearing in verse 3. We'll start there. To him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep. Here, circle. The sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Watch, for they know his voice. Now circle or underline this because this is a Bible tool for you. Verse 3 says, the sheep hear his voice. Verse 4 says, the sheep know his voice. Hearing his voice is knowing his voice. Hearing him is knowing him. So when you hear him, you know him. But watch. This is so helpful for me when I was talking to my kids, my boys. When you hear spiritually and you are genuinely saved, not only do you hear his voice, you do not hear the voice of strangers. Look at the next verse. A stranger they will not follow. They will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So here's what's true. of a, Not only do you hear Jesus and his words, and it has impact on your life, but you will not hear other people. And see, I tell my boys all the time, look, you hear everybody's voice but Jesus. You follow everybody's ideas, but you have more value in your friends and what they say than you do in what the word of God says. And it was obvious for them that that was true. And so in, in our text, it says, see, you hear him, but you won't hear others. I would tell you that salvation is just that. It is a reversal of your hearing. When you're not saved, you hear the voice of strangers and you don't hear the voice of Jesus. But when you become a Christian, it all flips. Now you hear his voice, but you don't hear the voice of strangers. In other words, you don't follow them. And both of them, are hearing is equated with following So it's not just I hear it and I agree with some of the things that Jesus says. No, I hear them in such a way that I follow him, which means I want to live like that. I want to be like him. Following him was the aim to be like the rabbi. So when I really hear him and I don't listen to strangers, I will want to hear him, follow him, be like him. It's certainly a long course and a long process. But if the desire is not there then the hearing isn't either. Verse 8. All who come before me, Jesus said, are thieves and robbers. Watch. But the sheep didn't hear them. See, if you're really his sheep, all the fakes, all the phonies, all the false prophets, all the people, you won't hear them, he says. Verse 16. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. I take that to be the Gentile sheep, and the Jewish sheep with the first fold, and they're the second one. So he, he knows this. I have, my father has people outside of Judaism, and they're going to be Gentiles, and they're going to get saved. And you know what's true of them too? Because it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, it doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. Here's what's true of everyone who's saved. They all hear his voice. They all hear his words and it changes their lives. Verse 20. Now, what is the response of people in the text? This shows sheep hear his voice. So verse 20 is an example of people who are not sheep. And I just, for sake of argument, call them goats. Many of them said, after they heard Jesus talk about all this hearing stuff, 
he has a demon is insane. <laughs> Why would you hear him? <laughs> See what they're saying? We don't hear, we're not going to listen to this. We don't hear this. We don't believe that. We're not doing that. Why would you listen to him? This guy's out of his mind. Why would they think that? Because they can't hear. You ever talk to someone, you try to give them the gospel, and they look at you like you have two heads? Right? You would really be, you go to church how many times a week? You read your Bible and you don't do this, you don't drink, you don't, and you try to tell them your life and what you're about, they look at you like they can't, why? Because they can't bear that. They can't hear that in their lives. Jesus says in verse 27, so watch this passage because it starts and ends with the same phraseology. Verse 3 said, my sheep hear my voice and they know him. Which verse 27 now repeats that whole thing. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. If you've really heard Jesus, really heard him, then you are safe eternally, secure in him. No one could ever take you out of his hand. That's a blessed promise, isn't it? So as we conclude tonight, three minutes. We're going to end with two examples. What does this look like in real life? So how would I know if the person I'm praying for really, truly hears? Lazarus is our first one. If you look at 11:43 and 44, Jesus says, talk about hearing. Look at, this is the perfect hearing Phrase because Jesus is sinless and perfect. So this is what is be true someday of us, right? Father, verse 41, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, wouldn't you like to have this prayer life? I know that you always hear me. Uh, wouldn't that be great when hearing, as far as hearing, wouldn't it be great if everything you asked God, everything you said, he heard it all in that sense? And that's how Jesus had, that's the relationship he had with hearing. But he says, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they might believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Here's his voice. Lazarus come out and the man who had died came out. Lazarus heard his voice. Now, is that not an example of how it will be fulfilled of what Jesus said in chapter 5. Remember he said, there is our coming and now is that those who are in the tombs will hear my voice. Is not this an example of that? Here is a guy, Lazarus, who in his lifetime loved Jesus and desired Jesus and his his sister sat at Jesus' feet. Why, Luke says, so she could hear his word. I mean, these are the examples of people who have been savingly, they savingly hear. They've been changed. Lazarus and his sisters are an example of that. And when it came time for death, see, they had heard him in life, and in death they will hear him. And that's what John says. See, if you have heard him in life and your life has been changed and you do good, John 5, 28, he's going to call your name. But Lazarus was that way in his life, and now he is that way in his death. He heard the voice of Jesus. But on the other side of that coin is Pilate. Lastly, would you turn to chapter 18? A personal interview with Jesus. I mean, how much better could it possibly be? It was probably the worst thing that could have ever happened to Pilate. (laughs) Because it sealed his doom almost. 
and 18, if you would, and beginning in verse number 33, Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation, the chief priests, have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you're a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Now watch. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The the last use in John's gospel is a man who stood in the very presence of Jesus, heard him say that he was the king, heard all the words he, he heard, but he never really heard. He didn't. In fact, we know that this, he washed his hands of it and he had Jesus crucified. The sea stood before him. He heard who he was. He watched him. He saw. He even knew that they were jealous and envious. He knew Jesus was innocent. He heard, but he never heard. See, that's the danger, isn't it? When you pray for people, when you pray for them, say, God, help them to hear. Open their ears that they would come to you, that they would believe in you, and that that coming and believing would end up turning into a life that does good and loves you and follows you. That's a great prayer for lost people, that the connection would result in a reception. Pray for them that they wouldn't be the people who don't hear, that they wouldn't shut up their hearing, that they wouldn't rebel and refuse to hear what Jesus says over and over again. And with that, I'll close tonight by turning to John 5.40, last verse. This is, I would pray, I pray this verse for what I don't want ever to happen to people I'm witnessing to or preaching to. Let me see verse 39. Listen to this. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. You think you know the Bible, you think you have it all down, you think you have eternal life. He says, and it is they that witness about me. Because if you really knew the Bible, if you really heard the words of Scripture, then you would think differently about me. Why don't they? Here's what verse 40 says. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. See, they couldn't hear. They couldn't receive it. They couldn't obey it because they... They refuse to come to Jesus. Let's pray for people tonight. Would you, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, would you do that as we think about Missions Month? We think about, can you think about at least one individual by name tonight? Would you take some of the truths in this Bible study that we learned tonight and say, Lord Jesus, and you say his, the, the person's name that you're thinking of that you would like to reach during Missions Month with the gospel and say, God, right now they're spiritually deaf. And I understand tonight after looking at scripture a little bit more about the depth of what that means. And I'm praying tonight that you would open their ears because right now they're supernaturally deaf and unless you supernaturally open their ears, they're never going to hear it.
Would you pray some of those things tonight that you've learned and say, God, they're not gonna, they need to come to you. They need to repent of their sins. They need to really believe on you. They need to have a life that's changed through it. Only you can do that. Only you can do that. Only you can make them hear. Would you pray that tonight? And then I'll close. Heavenly Father, we know people, we love people who can't hear you. They're deaf to spiritual truth and reality, just like Pilate was. Well, Lord, it's it's so difficult to grasp how they can hear the Bible, read the Bible at times, even come to church, and they hear it, but they never really hear it. Father, we're praying that you'd use us as we give the gospel and witness to people, as we preach it here, that you would see fit in your sovereign kindness to open the ears of the people that we're trying to reach, that they would hear the gospel. In fact, Romans 10 says, how will they hear without a preacher? Oh God, they're never going to believe unless they hear from us and that you open their hearing spiritually. Father, use us so they can hear your gospel and then God do what only you can do is that give them ability to hear what we tell them. They would understand it. They would believe it and it would change their lives forever. May we have great stories to tell in this missions month because you do just that and do it, we pray, for your glory and honor alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.